Hey, welcome back to Meraki Unboxed. My name is Simon Thompson. I am the host of the Meraki Unboxed podcast, which we do every couple of weeks, uh, which we cover uh, technology and we cover the culture of life at Meraki and try and provide you with an interesting and entertaining and informative uh, period of time. I was about to say half an hour, but it's varying all over the place. Uh, and, and so you can find me online at Meraki Simon on Twitter and definitely do encourage you to reach out. I um, really want to make sure that we're making this podcast uh, informative and entertaining for you and useful. Uh, we want to know what you would love us to cover. Now, today I am joined by my esteemed colleague, Jivan, from the, uh, well, he is the head of product marketing. Welcome, Jivan. Welcome back. Thank you, Simon. I thought by now you must have learned not to invite me again. <laughs> yeah, the second round. It is the second round. This is the first time we've actually had this uh, somebody else who's already been on the podcast back for the second time because uh, Jivan does such a fantastic job on our pilot episode, which was all about Wi-Fi 6. We had a great conversation. That was When was that? June? That's was, right. Yeah. Seems ages ago. But that was sort of 10 episodes, 10, 12, 11. I don't know. I've lost count. But we're into the double figures now on the episodes, and so I'm super excited to have Jivan back again. Today, we're going to be talking about security, and that's because uh, Meraki's just made a pretty significant uh, re- announcement of some new products and features that really do uh, move us on to an exciting new phase of security. So we're going to dive into some of the detail of that uh, as we get further into this particular episode. Uh, for now, I think it's a good idea for us to have a quick recap. Security, it's a pretty big deal for us at Meraki. And one of the things that I've noticed is that um, we have had a lot of feedback from our customers. What, what our research tells us is that security is top of mind for pretty much every IT administrator, IT decision maker out there. Um, it just keeps on going. And, you know, why, why do we think this is, Jivan? What do you think? There is hacks everywhere. You know, there is malware everywhere. This is this is just, you know, top of mind for everyone. Mm. People want to secure their networks, their data, you know, absolutely everything. It doesn't stand still either. It's exactly. Like constantly changing. Just when you think you've got it all nailed and everything's buttoned down nicely, something else comes up online and we're back on the back foot again. Exactly. If I were to quote my security folks, you know, they would say the attack vectors keep changing. Nice. <laughs> it sounds fantastic, that, doesn't it? The attack vector. Um, this is definitely security speak. We, we've we been doing security at Meraki for a long time. We think, uh, what, when was the product, what's the product called, first of all? I do know the answer, but. Yeah. It's MX. Us. It's you know. MX. The security appliance. And we introduced that in. 2011. 2011. So that's. Eight years ago now, that's unbelievable. That's a huge uh, stretch of time, and it's changed so much over that time. I remember some of the early features when I first arrived at Meraki. I had a little MX60. I'm sure there are still quite a few of those out there. Uh, great little box. Um, and, you know, the first feature I remember playing with was Auto VPN. Tell us what that's all about. It's it's just automatically, you know, getting your VPN up between two you just different said, sites. You just said on the Meraki Unbox podcast, automatically. <laughs> You can tell this guy's in marketing now. That's right. <laughs> so you've just cl- three clicks of your mouse, right? And your VPN is up. And exactly. That, that is so much of an improvement from uh, from the way that it used to be, certainly for uh, any IT admin out there who's ever tried to connect two sites together. With VPN, it can be significant pain. Uh, AutoVPN is just one of those great features. 
Uh, but it's really evolved a huge amount since then as well. So tell us about how the product has evolved and what we've integrated and added to it over these last eight years. Yeah, after the after the auto VPN, you know, we have actually done the next generation firewall capabilities. There's a lot of uh, you know rules that we've implemented within there. There is advanced malware protection, the integration with AMP, Cisco AMP. We've got the integration with Talos. Uh, we've got uh, various APIs with the Cisco Defense Orchestrator. Now, this is a big deal that we've talked about recently. Mm-hmm. You've, you've seen, you know, various security leaders such as Jeff Reed, you know, talk about, you know, how Cisco Defense Orchestrator gives you one single location to actually track all security alerts, whether you're in a branch with MX or whether you're in a campus with firepower. Mm-hmm. And being able to aggregate all security alerts in one place and figure out and isolate and quarantine any issues. So we're already uh, covering a lot of ground. And, and I think one of the issues around security is the complexity associated with it because there's a lot of sort of jargon and, and technical terminology related to implementing security well. Uh, we touched there on AMP. That's right. Which stands for? Advanced Malware protection. Good job. He got <laughs> nailed it. He got it. Uh, so that that's a huge one for us, uh, being able to just interrogate those files that uh, fly around the network on as email attachments, that kind of thing. Uh, the other one that's interesting is is Talos. And I always remember Talos because before I set up this podcast for the first time, I chatted with the people who run a podcast called Beers with Talos which, frankly, I think is a much more fun title than Meraki Unboxed. I think they nailed it. I mean, any, anything that you put beer into has got to be good. Uh, and, and so they, they, I mean, they have a really, it's a, it's a very interesting podcast. If you're deep into security and you really like keeping up with that, I definitely recommend you check that, that podcast out. But the Talos Group, hugely important, of course, because they, uh, they, they provide us with some of those signatures we need, right? They're the res- one of the big research groups out there on the internet. That's right. And part of Cisco as well. Uh, so that's a, that's a huge benefit that we've had. So security, I think we, we mentioned there that, it, that it, it's laced with lots of jargon and technical terminology. Uh, and, and so I guess that that leads to problems in the real world with people actually implementing security well. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you think about that? So what, what are some of the challenges with, with trying to get security implemented efficiently? I think you had a phenomenal blog about this, right? I mean, security start with simplicity. You know, Mm. one of the key things that I took away from this is there's a lot of human error. If you notice some of the hacks that have happened over the last few years, you know, you will keep seeing that there was a firewall that was misconfigured. There is another uh, appliance that was misconfigured or some user just accidentally accessed a certain website, downloaded some, you know, crazy attack. Um, And then sort of, you know, the challenge with that becomes... We are talking about uh, various different things that could go wrong. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for implementing the fix to this, you know, you have to go into various different uh, command line interfaces or various mm-hmm. different dashboard. So imagine having to manage different appliances for just routing functions, for different functions on SD-WAN, you know, different functions on switching, and being able to sort of bounce between all these things. Most companies actually have a different dashboard for everything, and therefore... Right, a lot of different products. Yeah. Right? They just buy... This is what I remember, is a new security capability comes along, somebody makes a box that does that thing. Correct. 
and then a company goes and buys that thing and they end up with a pile of boxes and uh, and lots of complexity to deal with. Right? And then a pile of security rules, right? Imagine right. you talked about joining in 2011. If mm-hmm. somebody joined like five years before you and set up a bunch of rules, are you going to go back and look through 2,200 different rules yeah, and keep fixing them? That's a nightmare. There you go. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what your and my, you know, customers actually actually have to worry about, and these are the problems that they worry about. Yeah. So that, that so in other words, anything we can do to try to streamline, bring all of these security capabilities under one single dashboard. What a great name for it! I think that's uh, I think that's uh, a good plan. We should do that. Exactly. Uh, so we want to talk about how we're evolving that um, on this podcast episode today. I think one of the the things which um, you and I chatted about before we pressed the record button was around uh, what's happening with segmentation and how the security world is evolving. In the past, you really just thought about this this big campus maybe just providing this umbrella protection for a whole site so perimeter based defense but now it's got a lot more personal a lot closer to the user and and i guess that's what we want to talk about right so what maybe give us some examples like segmentation how how do we why do we even need to do this sure let's kind of you know simplify this firstly and explain what is segmentation and why do we care about it so um remember when you were a kid you know you used to form a no. club too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Sorry. So going. for those who have kids, right? I mean, for those people that have kids, right? I mean, typically they'll form some sort of exclusive private clubs. You know, the, these right. clubs are highly technical. They will have the first alphabet of each kid, you know, forming the name of the club. And that particular club will be, you know, exclusive for the few kids that are part of this. They will develop their own language, which invariably is some form of Pig Latin, you know, and then they will sort I of do keep you remember talking. that. There you go. Yep. And then they would talk in those languages, you know, to keep, you know, us adults out of it mm-hmm. and other kids out of it, yep. right? I mean, so um, even since we were, child, you know, we, we, from our childhood days, we've started working on sort of, you know, segmentation and essentially having a language for which we keep other people out of this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you start thinking about, you know, the uh, work environment, you might think about uh, different side of things. So take, for example, a bank. So in this case, uh, your bank will issue the teller a laptop. So that laptop will allow it to access only critical applications like point of sale. It would not allow you to access an unrecognized and unauthorized software and allow you to download that right. you know, and do crazy things with it. Because you've got really critical information. Your bank accounts, I mean, your millions of dollars would be accessible from that point of sale laptop. You don't want to access mm-hmm. certain things with this. So these are the kinds of things that, you know, there are various sort of, you know, our customers care about. How do you know that they care about that? So, I mean, that, it, it does sound, the theory is great. I love the stuff about the kids trying to keep the adults out and the the, <laughs> the separation of device types in a, in a business setting as well. Um, but what, what, what evidence do we have to know that our, our customers are really are thinking about segmentation at this point? I think, um, you know, I've heard about these stories in absolutely every single other segment. You know, think about a healthcare segment. Uh, you know, the stories change. You've got your, uh, your nurse, which needs access into critical applications such as nurse calling. Mm-hmm. But you don't want your guest to be able to access those critical applications that only your patients and your nurses can talk on. You know, in a school environment, your story changes. You've got your teachers and your 
students, your research assistants that are allowed access into all the different research servers. Right. In a government setting, you might have, you know, a different story that your DMV and your passport agency, you don't want them to be talking to each other and sharing critical information. You just want, like, you know, both of these to access a printer, you know, both of these to access any typical devices. Mm -hmm. So these stories might change, but ultimately what ends up happening is we have, you know, uh, group-based policies that are based on the user roles, mm -hmm. the applications, and the devices. Okay. And th and this is, so you've, you've given there a few different examples. So this is where we've had feedback from the field from, from these type of verticals, right? That's How do right. we, that feedback comes back to us in all kinds of different ways. That's right. Right. We, we were talking about that a little bit earlier on. What, yeah. What, what do you tend to find it comes in through? So essentially, you know, the most popular thing that uh, Meraki has, you know, for getting feedback from customers is the wish list. So remember, mm -hmm. you and I were pouring through, you know, all these different wishes. There were 1,500 wishes that we looked at just in the last few months that talked about security. Wow. Just in the last few months. That's, I mean, it's nice to know people care that much. Uh, <laughs> and it's so it, it gives us that confidence, I guess, that we're developing things in the right direction. We know we're paying attention to what people really do yeah. care about at this time. Um, okay, so we know that it's important, and yeah. we've touched a little bit on segmentation there and how that's a new thing. I think that's a part, fairly significant part of this announcement that we've made this week. Uh, so let's have a look at some of the things we've announced. The list is quite long, uh, so I don't know if we want to go into detail on all of them, but um, I definitely know there were a couple of ones that we were interested in talking about in the show today uh first one up i think is trusted access yeah so that's that sounds like it makes perfect sense i could probably have a guess at what that might mean but give us the official story yeah absolutely i'll, I'll just uh, quickly recap for you right i mean just like our 1500 sort of you know different entries talked about you know People care about security all the way from the client to the application. Mm -hmm. So the way that we have started releasing all these different capabilities, they're actually uh, on every single Meraki product. So this is why, you know, when we introduce Trusted Access, this is about imagine you bringing your personally owned client device to your workplace like environment. my smartphone. For your it. smartphone. Yeah. Your, you might have your own iPad that mm -hmm. you bring into work. And then, you know, you might uh, want to, you know, access critical resources, you know, without even installing an MDM through a certificate. An MDM. So this is where... Just mobile device. I've totally yeah. interrupted you, uh, your flow yeah. there. You were doing really, really well. Yeah. Um, so just to, for, for an MDM, it's one of the solutions for uh, personally owned devices and managing those and, and setting policies for those. Right. So that, that's something which we've been doing for a number of years. Correct. But you're saying MDM is one way of tackling it but we've that's got right. something new and exciting exactly it's an alternative so, so for example let's let's kind of you know give a specific example in a hospital environment what you will find out is uh, you know a doctor is typically not an employee mm -hmm. the doctor is actually a contractor that comes in in order to operate on on people and then what the doctor would do is they would bring in their own smartphone and they would want to access Critical information, right. such as the patient details uh -huh. on the smartphone. Mm -hmm. Now, they're going to say, this is my own smartphone. Don't install an MDM on it. Right. Yes, I have heard that before. That's that's the thing, because the MDM is often controlled by the IT team. Exactly. And if it's a personally owned device, and, and we've also encountered this in schools as well, I think, where schools have tried to implement that for 
personally owned devices and parents don't always love it, that kind of thing. So yeah, that's that's Absolutely. a very valid point for sure. So imagine when Dr. Simon walks into this uh, particular hospital. I like that, sounds good. Dr. Dr. Simon. Simon. And about to operate on Jeevan, you know, now I'm scared. <laughs> but uh, I think <laughs> that's the big- good. You should but, be. But this is where, you know, you would sort of, you know, uh, come in, sort of, you know, you would access a specific website. You would be pointed to a place where you can download a certificate. Yep. And at that point, we would authenticate that this is actually Simon's smartphone and you're allowed access into mm-hmm. critical, um, you know, information such as patient details. But because of this, you can actually um, uh, securely access those details. And then sort of once you transition on, to a different hospital to operate on somebody else, you can do the same thing. So how's the user actually identified in that scenario? So Dr. Simon walks in uh, with smartphone and wants to have a specific type of trusted access. Is this through a splash page login or uh, through uh, re- a regular like Active Directory or something like that? What, what would you be using to actually identify this person and, and what they're allowed to do? So absolutely, we would tie this into the radius servers, you know, and essentially mm-hmm. uh, when Dr. Simon walks in and he's about to access the internet, you know, at that point, the network administrator has already configured a group that says these doctors are allowed in, allowed to bring in their their own, um, you know, devices, personally mm-hmm. owned devices, and uh, access the internet and access critical resources, which is why you would be the only people that are allowed to get access to this, Got it. similar to employees. Okay. Well, that sounds like a good thing to have for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and that's definitely a, a little bit of an advance on what we had before. Like I said, there are ways that we were able to do this in the past, but they're kind of clunky. And this is a lot more seamless, I think, the way that uh, you've described it. Sounds exactly. really, really nice. Um, okay. So what's next? So we talked about security at the client level. Now let's start moving on to the access port, the switch level security. Okay. So this is a new capability called Secure Connect. Now, let me give you a reason why you should care first. Um, So imagine, you know, when Dr. Simon is walking into this hospital, now I've changed roles. Now I've started becoming a a security hacker, or as I would call it, it's it's really a cracker. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to start following you inside and imagine if I have my hands full with a bunch of bags, you know, you're going to look at me and say, hmm, this looks like a decent guy, you know, with lots of bags in his hand. I'm going to allow, you know, and keep the door open for you, right? I mean, I'm just going to follow you in. So at that point, I join you and then suddenly I walk into some conference room. I'm going to find a conference room just like this, Simon, and I'm going to find an open Ethernet port Mm -hmm. like this. Yep. And how much would you want to bet that most customer environments, these Ethernet ports, are actually open? Yeah, I think, I mean, that's very common, right? They're just part of the regular network in many cases. Absolutely. And like you said, if you if you actually authenticate one device on a particular port sometimes, that's enough then to open the port up uh, so that subsequent devices can also get connected. So what you were saying there, it's a really nice analogy, tailgating into a building. Like you're you just walking in behind somebody who's badged in. Uh, this is really what we're talking about here, right? Yeah, I mean, when we tracked this, you know, we saw that 90% of customer ports, you know, are actually open by default. Mm. And this is a big problem. So, you know what, Simon, you know, back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast, you know, this is not rocket science. You could do this with any other product as well. Mm -hmm. The problem is you'll have to go switch by switch, port by port, and start um, securing it. This is a big problem. Right. And therefore, 
none of the customers implement it. This is why, you know, Secure Connect essentially does is that it would basically say, hey, I'm a MR or an access point belonging to this hospital. Mm-hmm. I'm a MS or a switch belonging to this hospital. They're going to do an automatic handshake with each other. And because both of them have cryptographic chips within there, we have algorithms to determine and do a handshake with each other. They would both say, I belong to the same hospital, which is why that particular switch port will be opened up for that particular access point. Right. So you're actually, what you're describing is something which is even further than what I was talking about a second ago. Because the thing I was talking about, I forget the technical term for it, but it's essentially uh, opening a port for the first MAC address and then it allows every MAC address through. And there have been previously attempts to, uh, and solutions out there that can say only the first MAC address gets access to the network. But what you're describing goes much further than that because you're now actually talking about secure chipsets talking to each other and establishing that they are trusted buddies that are allowed to actually communicate with exactly. each other. And yeah. this is the power of the Meraki dashboard because we can actually you know, match up the different devices belonging to the same company, mm-hmm. to the same hospital, and essentially allow them to automatically, securely connect. Right. So no more spoofing potential issues, right? Because that could be a big issue with spoofing MAC addresses. Exactly. To get around that previous So therefore, attempt. the default yeah. is actually every port becomes turned off. And right. you would just turn on those ports, you know, to which you trust, you, you connect trusted devices to. This that's is what really a secure nice. connect. Yeah, that's a that's a powerful one, and that that really should help a lot with um, with like you said those ports that are that are not always configured necessarily correctly. You've got that extra peace of mind that that it's going to be interrogating whatever's plugged into it to make sure it's really meant to be there. Nice, I like that a lot. Um, the other one. Uh, we were talking earlier on about segmentation and how it changes. People move around and situations change. So that leads me on to this next one we, we mentioned before we came on air around adaptive policies. So you want to talk about those? Yeah, absolutely. I think we talked a lot about the different use cases in here. Uh, the gist of it is adaptive policy is really about you know uh, being able to apply group-based policies based upon users, Mm -hmm. devices, and applications. And I'm going to give you a couple more analogies to just sort of bring this home. Love analogies. I actually started in Meraki as a a product manager. You know, Mm -hmm. even prior to this, I was an engineer. And then I changed role yet again to the product marketing role, right? I mean, Simon, you changed roles as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's one of the fun parts about it being in a really good company that you love is you get to sort of try out these different aspects of it. And and what's important with this is that, you know, different roles get access into different things, different servers, different appliances, different IoT devices, and different applications. This mm-hmm. is so much powerful, right? I mean, I've visited several customers wherein you've got thousands of different roles, and they are all static from past history. They are all mm-hmm. static based upon IP addresses. You know, I have a, I have a term for this. I, I call people... IP administrators, not IT administrators, because right. they're actually tracking and you know keeping uh, track of IP addresses. Just that huge number of IP addresses, and that that could get. I mean, on a campus, that that could get a real mess. There's just way too much 
exactly. uh, information. So I'm guessing adaptive policy helps us get around some of those challenges. Absolutely. I think the beauty of this is that you can apply policies that are based upon user groups, that are based on device groups and application groups. Mm -hmm. Back to how we talked about, you know, one of the things with this is this is incredibly uh, sort of scalable. It allows you to do this. And uh, just like user rules, user uh, roles change, you might have, you know, imagine if you're an IT administrator. Every time I talk to uh, my friends, you know, they are talking about, hey, I have to throw out another uh, IoT device because my CIO is throwing in connected lights. And then three mm. months later before that has happened, that has rolled out, you know, pervasively, they are like, okay, roll out connected doorknobs, you know, roll out connected something else. You know. Connected doorknobs. That's, uh, that's <laughs> I mean, a nice example. I'm trying to imagine that. They're, they're, but IoT, I mean, who knows what people are coming up with. Uh, that's the point, right? We have exactly. so many different potential uh, devices trying to get connections and, and therefore needing to have security and policies following them. Exactly. Yeah. And this is the part that, you know, scares me the most because the minute that, you know, I'm able to hack into your connected lights, you know, mm -hmm. where am I going to go next? I might go into your connected doorknobs. I might get into your, uh, you know, switching closet. From there, I'll start getting into the distribution layer, the core layer, you know, get over the whole network. Right. You know, maybe take uh, take up your data, right? I mean, this is where, you know, it is incredibly important to actually segment your network into various mm -hmm. logical groups. You only want certain things to talk to certain uh, other things, right. certain people to have access into certain servers, and this is what you know enables you adaptive policies these glue you know which actually enables you to bring it home and and what i think is nice about what you're describing if i understand it correctly is that you know we've been able to do this kind of security and lock communications down between devices that's not new but what is different is that we can now easily manage it at scale in a much more dynamic fashion. We're not relying on these static lists that somebody has to maintain uh, over a period of time, which is, of course, where error comes in and, and problems like that. Exactly. Mm, that's that's definitely a big step forward. Um, so so the we talked about lots of different uh, security technologies here. I think one of the things that we should be also clear about, I think, is we have some new hardware that goes into this uh, into this uh, launch as well mm -hmm. and so uh, there was something on the switching side tell us about what's yeah. happened there absolutely to enable some of these innovations we are actually introducing a brand new edge switch now this is the most powerful uh, access switch uh, you know meraki simon you know <laughs> over the last several years we've introduced yeah. so many amazing switches you know this is the most uh, you know biggest portfolio within Meraki, we are essentially introducing another awesome switch, which is the MS390. Now, this particular switch actually combines the simplicity of the Meraki dashboard with the power of Cisco Silicon. Oh, so we, we've actually embedded some something new inside the switch. This is... Uh... This is really what? This is the brain of the switch itself? Yeah, absolutely. The silicon is essentially the UADP ASIC. And before you ask Whoa. Simon, <laughs> you unified go. access data plane. We <laughs> should make this, you tell, tell us listeners, because I, I kind of feel like we should make this an acronym-free zone. Like nobody's allowed to utter an acronym without knowing what it stands for. So what was that again? Say it again. Unified access data plane. Beautiful. Did it perfectly. <laughs> absolutely. But what this allows you customers to actually achieve is essentially 
you know, critical capabilities such as adaptive policy, you know, to, to make it happen. You know, this is the brains behind it, the power, the heart behind it that actually allows you to configure this and apply group-based tagging so that you can actually, you know, uh, implement these policies at right. scale. Nice. Very nice. Uh, okay. And, and I think there was another one that we introduced uh, a little while ago on a part of our portfolio, which was um, what Cisco calls Umbrella. Exactly. Uh, the umbrella, for those who maybe haven't come across this before, you may have heard of a group called OpenDNS. That was an acquisition that, uh, that, that Cisco made, was it a couple of years ago now, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and I am I'm a big fan of their T-shirts. They have a great T-shirt that says Run, Run DNS. Run DNS. Yeah. Uh, so look out for them at the trade shows. I'm sure they're still making those. I think I think I saw one earlier this year. So um, tell us a little bit about what Umbrella is, and you know how or what how it's part of this announcement we've been making this week. Absolutely. So first and foremost, what does this do? So imagine if there are you know some of these contractors that. Uh, that come into work and they access some not safe for work websites, you know, at that point of time, you know, Cisco Umbrella actually protects us and the, and the contractors and mm-hmm. they would basically block those particular websites from loading. So this is what uh, Cisco Umbrella does. Mm-hmm. And what's amazing about this, you know, almost six months ago, Simon, if you remember, we announced an integration with Cisco Umbrella wherein, you know, you can actually configure, you know, uh, these rules per SSID. So, for example, you can say that certain um, sort of, you know, real-time entertainment video applications, you know, can be accessed on your guest SSID, but you cannot do it on your enterprise SSID because you are trying to protect uh, critical resources. But when you are sort of, you know, a guest, when when somebody's kid comes into work, you know, they're allowed to access Netflix at work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's totally okay. So those are the kinds of rules that, you know, Umbrella or some things can, can provide. But we had done those integration at that point. Now we are going even more further. You know, we are actually announcing a single SKU wherein a customer can actually uh, buy Meraki's MR capabilities as well as integrated Umbrella capabilities. So this particular thing makes it easier to purchase. But the second part of this is even more powerful. We are actually able to see all these different Umbrella security alerts within the Meraki dashboard. Mm. So this is where, you know, back to the sort of, you know, some of the things that we talked about, the problems that customers have. If you have your alerts on one dashboard and sort of you, you do everything else on another dashboard, you, you know, there is a probability that you would probably miss some of the critical things and you would never go back and fix it. Right. Now you can actually access all the different umbrella alerts within the Meraki security center itself. Okay, so that's that's powerful. I think I think Umbrella is definitely an example where it, we've had capabilities that were roughly lo- along these lines for for several years. I think Umbrella just really takes it to the maximum. It's like an industry standard, really. OpenDNS is very well known Absolutely. beforehand, and and I think really the key point here is that because customers aren't always going to care about all these different names that we're using within Cisco, uh, things like Umbrella. The key thing is that you have that capability all within the Meraki dashboard, that it's all configurable. We've integrated those uh, really best-in-class solutions directly into the platform. Absolutely. Nice. Well, that's a lot of stuff that we've uh, we've talked about during this, and I think that's not even everything that was uh, announced this week. Obviously, we had a blog post put up about that so people can learn a little bit more about it there. Um, what else yeah. are we doing to, to sort of spread the word and help people get learn more about this? 
I would just say, you know, check out meraki.com. You would you'd be able That's to see. It's always a safe bet. <laughs> excellent, excellent idea. You can see various different blogs. You can see more podcasts from you. We would sort of, you know, be able to, uh, you know, take a look at the uh, amazing website that captures all the security innovations. And then I would say always keep talking to your friendly Meraki salesperson and, and uh, partners. Always, always the case. And I think if uh, if anybody listening, you know, if you would like to really get into a little bit more depth on any one of these features, be very happy to do a follow-up episode where we maybe just pick on one or two and we go deeper, maybe even get some of the um, engineering or product management resources to come and uh, chat with us as well to take us to that next level of depth here. I think this is a really nice overview that we've provided today. Uh, that that really does help, um, you know, just just kind of get the the knowledge out there, get see what kind of interest there is in in learning more. Jivan, thanks a lot again for joining us today uh, for the second time. Thank you, Simon. It's it's a pleasure, <laughs> you know, to to join you for it's security made simple. Yeah, security made simple. I love it. So we'll be back with another episode in a couple of weeks. And like I always say. Uh, we do really want to hear from you. I'd love to get your feedback. And you can contact me directly online at Meraki Simon on Twitter. Alternatively, if you have a look at the Meraki community, uh, you'll find there are lots of like-minded souls in there who love talking about security all day, every day. Uh, so they that's another good place to go and ask questions or maybe just share some feedback about the podcast. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So uh, without further ado, from Giovanna and myself, like to wrap things up for today i hope you have a great day and we will speak to you again very soon bye for now